I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man, you're rolling. I didn't know you were rolling. I was just getting warmed up. Let's do it, man. I am in a good mood today. No, we're not rolling. No, no, no. It's good, man. No, I'm not rolling yet. Oh, okay. I mean, let's get it going. Like, what are we waiting on? Actually rolling in the technology. I mean, people are wondering. Yeah, people... I'm not rolling yet, dude. Okay. All right. Hey, can I? Uh, I'm rolling now. Okay. What Can you what? Can I be given a tangent about podcasts and I could go on? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. This is at, your podcast, man. At some point. I don't know pod- why you're asking permission. Like, you don't. Because you have the menu. I do have the menu. You want to know what's on the menu? Turn up the heat. It's about 62 degrees in here. It is kind of cold. You want to know what's on the menu? Yeah, I'd like some appetizers, a drink, and then also a main course. Golf. Soccer. Adrian Peterson. Baseball. Batter's box. College football playoff. What an incredible the enticing menu we're gonna cover every single sport it seems like and they say we're not a golf we're not a sports podcast you know what i say more sports less lifestyle you sound drunk and that's what happens when you do 30 podcasts in one day you are under oath did you do another podcast this morning yes yeah exactly it takes the bobby bone show the big show no, you did another one besides that, and it takes your creative juices away a little bit. No, I'm fine with I'm fine with podcast stacking, but why do you guys think Dana White walked out on that one podcast interview? You can't do ten podcasts in a day. You Can gotta... I be honest? I feel like that Dana White one was set up. Yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong. No, no, no. But go I'm ahead, go w- ahead on your tangent. Well, I'm with you. Tangent doesn't have to happen now. It can free flow. But the Dana White thing could be set up because Dana White is friends with Bob Mennery. Bob Mennery is friends with Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel has had Bob Mennery on his podcast before. 
Yes, it, it very well could be set up where Bob said, hey, this will be a funny Instagram clip. Don't ask me why Dana White needs a funny Instagram clip when he's worth probably a billion dollars. Hey, have you seen your idol talking? Johnny? No, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, he's been in podcasts. He was on with uh, Shannon, Sharp. Shannon Sharp, dude. Some of the stuff he says, damn. Deep like or funny or weird or sexy? Deep, because he's talking about how he signed with LeBron James's butt dude, like uh, was his agent. And when he was in Cleveland, LeBron would be like, "Hey man, why don't you come over to the house, watch some games? Why don't you come over to the house, play some poker with friends?" And he just blow him off like, "No nah, man, no, no, no." And he just shunned LeBron James like, "No, no." And he says to this day, he regret regrets it. He says that was a huge mistake. He goes, "I was so depressed that my idol in life." I couldn't get out of bed when he was trying to take me under his wing and show me the ropes. I thought, like, the documentary was fine. That's almost better than the documentary. It is. Like, that didn't, why wasn't that in the documentary? The documentary was him partying with a White Claw saying, hey, I've, I've changed. What? You're still drinking, though, and partying. What? Yeah. He said he felt bad for letting LeBron down. He said he felt bad for letting Skip Bayless down. Because Skip Bayless was always on TV talking about how big Johnny Manziel was going to be, how he was going to be bigger than LeBron in Cleveland. And he said, man, it's still still bad. And he said, how do you lose 40 pounds? He goes, you're on a strict diet of blow. Oh, that's pretty real. That is crazy. Yeah, it's like Bob Menery. He said when he was at the golf course back in the day, he had a steak in front of him. And he goes, nowadays I'm eating a steak potatoes before I go on the golf course. Back in the day, it was just a little white baggy. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we did none of that yesterday when we hit the golf course. That's none of it. Good segue. None of it. We got to do the intro. Oh, yeah. Arnold, get in here. Okay. We're going to do it all together as men. Come here. Grab me. Not there. You son of a... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a front grab. I said, give me a grab around the shoulder, man. Not my pocket. When I was trying to play pocket pool, let's do it live. We are the one, two, three, sore losers. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports. So I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. Y'all, it's Sizzin. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the north side of town now with Baser. We moved to the countryside. We did live in an apartment. The lease ended, and it just coincided with the house being done. I believe there was some work behind the scenes that it allowed that to coincide. And um, what was I going to say about a lease? Oh, there's a building lease coming up. We're actually moving from this building very soon. I'll believe it when I see it. I've heard that before. It's been two and a half years, and we're still here. We haven't seen salespeople uh, since the freaking uh, Jimmy Carter. What is it called? Administration. Administration. Somebody told me that this lease ends this year, and that's hot. That's hot goss? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. I'll believe it when I see it. Like I said, I don't – I have no idea. That other building is just like a a figment of my imagination because I've never been allowed in it. And also the sales top sales dude that we went over for Christmas. Yeah. We all went to his house. Dude, he comes in here and goes, hey, building lease is ending. And I go, hey, we need actually a tutorial. I don't know how to park over there. Where am I going to put my car? How, how Is there a tag when, that when, I put on it? When's this lease expiring, Ray? I don't think I can say on here, but it's this month. It is no. It is more than six months away, 
and you are already freaking out. This is a glimpse into Ray's mind, people. This is a glimpse at Ray in a nutshell. We are more than six months away from moving to the building, and he immediately goes to, how do I park? Do I get a sticker? What spaces do I get? Is there a certain level of the parking garage I have to park on? Dude, you need to re r e l a x relax he goes come and see the building sometime you lunch everybody i can show you around and i said yeah that's fine and danny where the do i park when you pull up to that the gate is there a key card you have is there do you got to pay and then they validate it these are all valid questions no pun intended it is a valid question but it's not something to stress about over six months from now something that is happening in the more than half the year from now and he goes, he football, go- football will be back on your television when we are moving and you're already stressed about the parking. And, and I go, he said, yeah, just come on over, man. Uh, there's the vending area. I think there's a ping pong table. You guys can slap it around. I said, ah, I love to slap it around, man. Slappy, slap, slap. And then I go, are you aware, though, it's on a major street and then there's no real side streets that you park on because it's right along I-40. I said, so kindly, salesperson, where the f*** do I park? And that's where we left it. So that's why I'm now warning you. And my wife showed me a little bit of Ray this weekend, Ray, when we were in Chattanooga. Forgot to tell you this. There's a couple things I left out of my Chattanooga story. And speaking of Chattanooga, I tagged him in all our Instagram stories. Did they repost them? I don't know, but then I realized we kind of bashed them. (laughs) <laughs> the, the visitors bureau did not say hey let's add this to our reel nope thanks all right I thought cool. about it after the fact we didn't really say anything positive no i said it's good okay i said it's all right the train the train well not so much i i think you need the trees to be blooming and blossoming before you go on the train or else you're just gonna see piles of trash everywhere but like i said the kids didn't notice the trash but we went to breakfast on saturday morning it's called brunch no. When we go, it's breakfast because it's 8 a.m. Yeah, anytime it's on a Saturday or Sunday, it's still called brunch. Oh, I didn't know that. And we went to a little place. I, I don't know if it's considered downtown. I don't know what section of Chattanooga we were in, but we pay, we parked on the street. It was two-hour parking. We went to the restaurant, and on the window it says, let our family feed yours. So we put our name on the list. We got our table. We eat. And we got 35 minutes until our parking expires. Wait, so you had sat there for an hour and a half? Well, it took about 25 minutes to get a table, and then you eat for an hour, and then you leave. Yeah, see, I'm not that 35 minutes, I'm not going to enjoy it. The last 35 minutes, I was like, we should just walk up and down the street, see the shops, let the kids get some energy out because they've been stuck at a table. And my wife's like, yeah, that's a good idea. We walk one store, and she's like, we should probably go back now. Exactly, We should dude. probably go back now. That's exactly how I would have felt. And I'm like, what? She goes, we only have 30 minutes left on the meter. I said, the car is 27 feet from us. You get a couple stores deep, all of a sudden you start thinking, was it that street or was it another one? Now you're five streets away. And we walk a couple more. She's like, I, I really think we should turn back. I really think we need to get back to the car. I said, "We, ha- you, you said we have 28 minutes now. She goes, yeah, but 
I mean, what if what if it's what if it's not 28 minutes? What what if what if I said you know what time we parked? Like we got here at this time. We got here at 8 a.m. So I always do the stopwatch for those at home. <laughs> you do what? You do this when you park. You do the stopwatch, then you can refer to it right away and know the exact minute amount <laughs> until you got to get back to your vehicle. So on your phone. You have like a timer countdown? Yeah, and you're going to finish your story, but I'm going to say the genesis. It just all came to me of why I hate parking, why I'm terrified of parking, and why it's just such a huge thing in my life. Continue. So we walk a little, and she's like, look, we really have to turn around. We have to cross the street and go back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we only went like five stores down. We cross the street. We walk in front of the fire department. All the kids look at the fire trucks in the windows. Cool. They start climbing on some structure. And then my three-year-old is like, I got to go pee-pee. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll just go right back across the street to the restaurant and we'll meet you guys. And she goes, we'll be at the car. Can you give me the keys? We'll be at the car. (laughs) She started to panic. (laughs) And so I'm like, Great. I don't think some of our sounds were working. That's going to sound awkward. So I'm like, fine. Okay, here are the keys. She's like, I, I gotta, and I mean, the car is literally six cars away. And she's like, come on, guys, boys, we gotta go right now. Boys, we have to go. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So me and the three year old go across the street. We go in, he goes pee, we walk out, and she's already, she's sitting in the driver's seat. Hey. And I'm like, why are you in the driver's seat? And she goes, well, that way, if someone came, I could act like I'm pulling off. Like, I, I can act like I'm pulling out of the spot so they don't give me a ticket. I'm like, <laughs> my Lord. You just made this last 30 minutes the most stressful 30 minutes of my life. I mean, that's hilarious. That's a woman after my own heart, except for we're already both married. Can I tell you where this all comes from? Yes, please. My entire life, I grew up in the country. We never had parking issues. This is I just realized it the other day why I'm terrified and I hate parking. I moved to Austin, Texas, and South Beach goes, dude, Austin, Texas is the worst parking spot you'll ever see in your entire life. I moved south when I'm 22. Dude, we would drive around Austin and 6th Street for hours looking for parking. Every time, every weekend, anytime we went there. Hey, let's go visit my friend on 52nd Street. Drive around, loop, make the loop. Oh, there's somebody leaving for class. Hurry, pull in, pull in. There were times we got towed. $200 ticket, $300 ticket. Because of that two-month window of my entire life, dude, I am petrified of parking and meters. And it just always told me never get towed again. Never deal with this, this absolute shit. So because of that, I am now anal with parking because of Austin, Texas and that small window of my life. I understand parking can be stressful because I know that there was one time I was, there was a, the perfect parking spot that we had on 6th Street. There was a church <laughs> like three or four blocks up. So I would say not on 1st Street, you know, I mean, it was 6th Street, 5th Street. Red no, River. it went the other way. It went 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, maybe 11th. Red River. There was also Congress. Yeah, yeah, but it was like on 11th and, I don't know, San Jack. I, I don't remember exactly. Cesar Chavez. No, no, Cesar Chavez was south. This was north of 6th Street. Mopac. No, no, no. It was between Mopac and 35, and you could park in this parking lot and leave it overnight. So we would park there and then take a cab home and go get your car in the morning. Never had to pay a dime. Because it was a church. It was a church. They were all about, amen, hallelujah, praise Jesus. After about two years, two and a half years, they decided, oh, no more of these drunk idiots because everybody was leaving beer bottles and just their parking lot was trash. So it put up a sign, church parking only. That was annoying. So 
a couple parking stories. One time I was leaving 6th Street, going to get a cab, and there's this girl outside of Fuel. And she's kind of crying. She's sitting there on the wa- the wall, and she's crying. And me, she's hot, dude. She's a hot chick. And I sit down, and I was like, hey, what's wrong? Everything okay? Turns out, UT cheerleader. Fuel. And she was a couple years younger than me, and she had gone to the same high school. Rewind. Did you say UT cheerleader? Yeah. Props. UT cheerleader. And I'm like, well, hello. You know, so we start talking. and Hi I'm there. Like, I manage Bevo. And she said, no, she didn't do Bevo. She did cheerleading. And she's oh, I was acting how you like been? that was you. How have you been? I'm like, I, I don't remember you from high. You were younger than me in high school. I don't know you, but you are smoking hot. And so she gives me your number. She's like, I just can't find my friends or whatever. So then she finds her friends, and then she texts me the next day. 1-800-GET-LOST. And so it was during summer school. And she's like, hey, come over to my apartment. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I don't know where to park. She goes, you can park in any of the spots, you know what I mean, because it's summer. It's cool. I'm like, all right, cool. And so I go to her apartment, and it's getting late, you know what I mean? We do our thing, and it's like midnight, and I got to work the next day. And I'm like, all right, I'm about to take off. She goes, all right. I walk down. Damn tow truck has my car on the freaking tow truck. On the rack. No and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take the car down. Take the car down. Take this $1 bill. Take it down. Take it down. He was like, oh, man, I already got it on the rig. It'll cost you $50, $75 to get it down. I'm like, but you haven't even taken anywhere. He goes, if I'd have taken it somewhere, it's 150 So I had to pay this dude $75 to drop the vehicle right there in the parking lot. But that was a good transaction. It's a good transaction. But I look at her and I'm like, I thought it didn't matter. She goes, I didn't know. And I'm like, you're hot. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> so there's that one. Then there was the no- old, it doesn't matter. It usually doesn't. Your friends know for the most part, but there's that one time a tow, a, a tow truck driver get a wild hair. Yeah, it it mattered. It probably had signage, and I was too blinded by the, oh, my God, I'm going up to this YouTube cheerleader's freaking apartment. And, and, and I hate to interrupt you, but if also, South Beach taught me this. If an apartment has a gate, he said, if you sneak in the gate, how can a tow truck get in there if there's a gate? And it was a great point. Except for that it's not. I mean, I never, for the most part, he was right. But like, if they there's have a lo- gate. They have contracts with those apartment okay. complexes. Where they so open that, it up. So they have a, a button to open it up. Because there was a great one me and South Beach used to park at, and he's right. Anytime somebody left, you pull in really quick. If you did that, there's no way a tow truck can make that same maneuver. Yeah, that's true. And, Continue. And- so then there was another, this girl, Brenda, that uh, she used to work at the radio station. And we did our thing for a few years, like just boom, boom, boom. And one night. Was she a Ravens fan? I that know. was Monica. That was Monica, yeah. She was great. Yeah. Monica was a Ravens fan, but no. Signed a lot of deals, Ray. Uh, Brenda was, you know, she worked there and we did our thing for a few years. And one night I ran into her on 6th Street. Fuel again? No, 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 not fuel, not fuel, not fuel, not fuel. And I see her, and we, you know, we go back and we get in the back of the seat of her car. We make out full around, fogging up the windows. And she's like, "You ready to go?" And I'm like, "I'm too messed up. I can't drive." She goes, "I can't drive either, but I can't leave my car in this parking garage." Were you messed up? I was messed up, not messed up. (laughs) She goes, "I can't leave my car in this parking garage, though." Smart. And I said. How she had an Xterra, okay, big SUV. Yep. 
and the ceiling is so low. It was on 7th and... Um, uh, San Jack. No, nah, it was going the other way. I, I don't know which street it was. Lamar. No, Lamar ran perpendicular <laughs> to where this was. But yes, so I was like, they you can't get towed out of a parking garage. There we go. You can't get towed. What a segue. And she's like, you're right, you're right, I can't. So we get out there, cab, cab, cab. <laughs> and cab picks us up, go to my place. She spends the night. And next morning, I got like a 10 or 11 a.m. soccer game. So I'm like, hey, I'll drive you back down to your car, right? Wait, that was in college? No, this is when I was in on the radio. You're still doing this stuff 25 years later playing soccer games? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Continue. So, you know, we have our night together, and I got to drive her back down to her car. And I'm like, all right. So I drive her down there, and we pull up to that parking garage. <laughs> I'm already guessing what happened. During a damn car. <laughs> it's cleared out. <laughs> there is not a damn car in that parking garage. Not a single one. Just a couple crows. There is guy. nothing in the parking garage. An empty subway wrapper. And me and her look at each other like, well, shit, I guess they can get an exterior out of the parking garage. <laughs> that answers that. I was like, oops. And it has, like, right there, like, okay, go take this, you know, this is where you come get the car. And I was like, all right, let's go. And she goes, oh, no, 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 I don't want you to miss your soccer game. I'll just call a cab. And I was like, no, I can just drive you. She goes, no, you got a soccer game. You go to your game. So she took a cab to get her car. What a time to be alive. Man, what a time to be alive. Like, that's before Uber, before Lyft, all that. But she was straight up, no, go to your soccer game. I'll just take a cab. I convinced her that I You can- got her towed and then she had to get a cab to the tow yard that you told her didn't exist. I I fogged up her windows and told her we can't drive, we should take a cab and convinced her that her vehicle could not be towed from that garage and she got it towed and she still said, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll just take a cab. You go to your soccer game. <laughs> I mean, damn. That was awesome. It was great. And we, I mean, that is not how I expected to start the show. That was nowhere on the menu. And now I got kids in daycare. Now I have kids in daycare. And Brenda still, still single. And we'll be right back. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but. Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have no idea if she's still single. She could be having a boyfriend. There, she could be engaged. Any of the, whatever, What I thought about the other day is these stories you tell on the big show, Bobby Bone Show, big show. All these girls you talk about or have moved in the... I mean, they have kids. They have a career. Yep. They live in cities all over America. They could be listening to the show. Yep. All those people you mentioned have moved on so far from when those stories took place. And it I still would, tell them. It'll blow your mind. And you say it like it's yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great story. I mean, it was great. It, it was great. It, it was just... It was funny. Can I tell the podcast thing? You want to go podcast? Yeah, go ahead. It's one minute of my time. Go ahead. I always wondered why podcasts were important, and I know now. I got a 40-minute drive. Sometimes it's 25, depending on traffic, in the morning and afternoon. Dude, your new lifestyle is hell. You already hate it. I love it. Okay. And that was a perfect segue. This has been a show of segues. Dude, with podcasts, I look forward to driving every morning. Before, it was 10 minutes. You can't really listen to a podcast. You're in your parking lot, fumbling on your phone. Next thing you know, you're at work. Oh, where's my key card? I don't know. Pause the podcast. Ah. Dude, now, 30, 35 minutes, I'm in no rush. I am just cruising. I've listened to podcasts up and down, A through Z. I've listened to every podcast. Dude, I love podcasts. So what I'm saying is, now I see why people enjoy this shit. I'm still not sure why people enjoy this shit. podcast. I, I get it now. I get it now. I I look forward. When I pull out of my driveway in the morning before I hit play, the thing I'm looking forward to is playing that podcast, the whole drive. I don't even care about waking up in the morning. Dude, it puts you on another planet. That was my take. That's all I had. Uh, truck drivers, you guys are damn welcome. And also the tuggers. Miss seeing you guys on the river. And uh, what happened to our lawyers? That one got deleted. And tractors, any of you? It's almost crop season. Over to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you because I drove out to where you live yesterday to play golf with you, Pitts, and Pitts' neighbor, and I was like, good God, 
if I had to make this drive every day, I would have to find a new job or I'd find a new house. There is no way I could commute that far to and from work every single day. It is forever out there and forever back. No, thank you. The place we went to in particular is a tad farther than where I live. Yes, that's pushing the boundaries. That's not where I live. I agree with you on that front. I was like, I put it in the GPS and it said 41 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? 41 minutes? God almighty. So I drive the 41 minutes out there and then I put it in the GPS on the way home because I want to see it's around four o'clock. 3.30, I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be traffic. Am I going to have to go a different direction? And it said, way home, 42 minutes. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. An hour and a half round trip drive to play golf. But I got to say, it was hella worth it. It was hella worth it to play with you, to play with Pitts, to play with Pitts's neighbor. Uh, that guy was on one. We are going to call him Sailor. Sailor was dropping F-bombs whole one. Whole one. And I mean, I'm not saying any F-bomb. This is an example. He'd be like, mother are you you know what? Why don't you just me right up the fucking that was That was number two. And, and he hit it right down the middle. And we are like, it's right down the middle. He goes, oh, I, I thought that went right. No, no, right down the middle about 300 yards. But he was also notorious for saying, oh, no, no, you're gone. Total, your ball is gone, dude. It's oh. all the way in the ravine. You'd go over there and be five feet from the creek. I felt bad for Pitts because we he hit one right, and there's a, a big ravine over there, and we saw it bounce. And we're like, oh, Pitts, you might have. And he goes, no, it's gone. And I'm like, well, but we saw it bounce. He goes, a big bounce? It's gone. It's for sure gone. It's in the fairway. <laughs> to be a little bit dramatic with our buddy here. I mean, I'm his like, ball's fine. How about some positive energy towards him? Like, ah, man, it might. Like, even when you know, here's here's etiquette golf, golf etiquette. Yeah, this is good. Even when you know the ball is gone, there's a no doubter. You still can say, oh, man, we might be able to find it. I, it may have got a good kick. You always want to give the – you don't want to just pile on and just be like, yeah, dude, that's so far freaking gone. You suck. It's Because they're already upset about a bad shot. So you can just at least – even though you're, you're not being serious, you know you're not being truthful. Oh, man, I I, I think we might be able to find that one. That, that's going to be right on the edge. Uh, didn't it hit a cow? <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like it hit a house, but maybe it bounced back into play. <laughs> brother did. Dude, brother tugged one oh. real far, no, no, right? No, 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 no. And, no. I mean – Dude, if the guy didn't have a batting cage for a screen, it would have drilled the guy's front window. And we all go, brother, you're actually not too bad over there. I mean, well, the thing is, it was number five. Big dog leg left. And he whipped his first one left so far it hit the fence of a house. Metal fence. Ding, ding. And we're like, all right, I'm going to hit another one. I was like, yeah, I think he might want to hit another one. Brother's like, do they have wind chimes? I said, no, brother. That was your ball hitting a bunch of metal (laughs) objects. And, and then the next second one, he went so far right, he hit the houses on the right side, and it was like a Dodge Ram, and I was like, well, brother, now if you could just do a third one and split the difference. And also, you were kind of wondering, man, why are those houses on the right are pretty dramatic, having fe- huge batting cages oh, up? Oh, yeah. Oh, not really, actually, because brother came pretty damn close. <laughs> then it made me think, why the hell would you want to live right there where you have to have a big old 
cage protecting your house. You can't even sit in the backyard and just enjoy a nice day. I don't think those people are 100% happy with their decisions to live on a golf course. I, I understand living on a golf course if you're where there's if, if you're at the ah, no, not the green because they can fly the green. Dude, you really want mom and dad out in your backyard visiting and there's the chance she could get hit in the head with a golf ball? That's no, how she goes out? That's probably not good. Yeah. That's probably not good. But the round was hilarious. Playing with Ray is just great. We've played four holes. And Ray's like, is this number nine? I'm like, no, it's number four. He goes, no way. There is no way we've only played four holes. You and then you, oh, my God, I, I I haven't drinking anything in an hour. I, I am about to. I am drinking my own spit right now. We pull up to number eight. He goes, "Man, are we making the turn anytime soon?" He goes, "This is why I only play nine. It's taken almost two hours to play nine holes." Well, and it didn't help. Brother goes, "I said, hey, where's the golf cart?" And apparently, he gave two sets of keys to himself. And then you and me couldn't find a golf cart, so I go inside. And brother goes, "Oh, you don't have to check in," which I didn't know that only one person from a group checks in if everybody else already paid, which we did. We paid pits. So that's pretty cool. That's actually a pro tip. But I couldn't find the golf cart. Well, what do you know? There was one golf cart that we were waiting on from another group finishing on a course. I thought golf carts, there's 20 of them parked for everybody to take. Yeah, Sailor was the first one there, and I didn't know that. And I went in, or I, I walk up, and there's a golf cart. So I put my bag on it, put my water in there, put you know ready to go, go in, check in. He's like, oh, he's already checked in. I'm like, all right, cool. And he goes, I gave him both keys. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know who Sailor is. <laughs> Thanks, Clubby. So I have to go back outside. I have to take my clubs off the damn cart. Oh, you that's what you were telling me. Yeah. You had them loaded on another I one. had them loaded, man. Ah! I had, I, I'd, already, I'd already thrown my keys in there, my phone in ah! there. You know what I mean? Like you'd unpacked your pocket. Dude, I didn't like know everything. this part of the story. You'd already lined up your tees in the little ah! tea holders. Ah! I put my balls ah! in the little ball rack. I had done everything. Dude. I put my snacks in the pro- appropriate position. This because, makes it so much better. And I, I mean, I'm ready to go. go. My my jacket is in there just in case it's a little cold because the wind was whipping. The, the windbreakers in yeah. there. I mean, I got the windbreakers zipped up on there, the little protection around the golf cart. And I'm like, let me just go inside and get my key. And he's like, I, I gave it. And I'm like, well, Pitts ain't here. And he goes, no. It just, and I was like, I don't know the other guy. <laughs> So I got to go outside. I had to pack up my balls. I had to pack up my tees. Got to put my snacks back in my golf bag. Got to put my jacket on. Got to pick up my water bottle. And I got a bucket of ball for the driving drain, so I got to pick that up. And then I got to carry my golf clubs around the outside the clubhouse and go to the driving range. It was annoying. Yeah. But well, I'm glad you guys got a nice driving session in. Well, I the got problem there. is I didn't even use my driver because he, Sailor, was a little bit like Ray. It is four minutes till tea time, and he is freaking out. He's like, dude, we, dude, I didn't uh, know. I didn't know this dude was kind of. a – I'm just gonna call it out. I think he was kind of a psychopath. I didn't know he was like that. And Pitts is in the clubhouse, and I just got my keys. It took me ten minutes playing a song and dance. I was grabbing a monkey's asshole, reaching my hand in through the glove compartment. I don't even know how I got the keys, but miraculously, I got a golf cart. And then Pitt, this dude, Sailor, comes around the corner, and he goes. I'm just going to start golfing. Tell Pitts. Tell Pitts and meet me at number one. He's like, I'm not losing the box. Dude. I'm not losing. He goes, I thought he was kidding. I thought he was effing with us. He goes, I mean, what is he doing? Because Pitts had to go in and buy a golf club. And he was like, 
Hey, brother, what's he doing in there? Hey, brother, what, nice what, day outside, brother. What's he doing in there? God, uh, hey, he, brother, this is a really he, nice, pretty day, brother. He's slow as a molasses as always. <laughs> and, and he gets out of the golf cart, and I'm like, oh, he's going to go inside and get him. No, he was running the whole one. No, dude. no, he walks up to the window and looks in the window and knocks on the window <laughs> and then points like, I'm going to hole number one. Like, why wouldn't you just walk in and say something like, hey, man, let's go. But, dude, he could hit the ball a mile. Dude, he was a stage five terrorist. I hope he doesn't listen to this. He terrified me. I mean, I mean he, he was, was intense. Bombs. He runs up to the first duo on hole one and goes, you guys just go. You guys, when's your tea time? No, he goes, what time's your tea time? And they're like, he goes, uh, it's seven minutes away. He's like, just go, just go. I'm like, dude, this isn't the Titanic. He goes, see, I told you we're going to lose the box. I told you <laughs> that people were going to come and get in front of us. And I was like, well, they're a twosome. We're a foursome. They should just go anyway because we're going to slow them down. And he's like, no more people. We just got to get going. We got to go. <laughs> Whew. Kind of like him now talking about him. He was kind of fun. Yeah. But Ray struggled. Well, I, I, I said I didn't. But I wasn't I, drinking, so, so I, I made the mistake. I didn't get any drinks. I, I know. I, I know. You're I, drinking I after, your own spit. Dude, on the fifth hole, I was already drinking my own spit. I had no Powerade. I had no pop. I had no water. I said, well, damn, self. I get I'm not drinking drinking, but I still could have gotten a pop from the clubhouse. I offered you some of my water. Well... Dude, I was dying at Thursday. I'm like, this is bad. This is real bad. And now we have eight. I never play 18. Never. And Ray said, Pitts goes, well, next time, you know, we play this course, we can jump over there. There's a lot of balls. And Ray goes, that's going to be hard because I'm never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, brother, they cow tip over there, brother. You can get some balls over there, brother. I have to give Ray credit, though. He never gets mad at golf. That's one thing about playing with Ray. No anger, no upset, no, oh, I'm slamming clubs, no nothing. Just, hey, hit a bad shot, oh, well, I'll drop. And I appreciate when you're golfing, if you're going to look for the ball, you got about a minute. If you're in the like on the fringe of the woods or whatever, it's, and then you just take a drop. Mm-hmm. People that spend five, ten minutes looking for a ball drives me nuts. Yeah, I'm willing to part with a $2 ball. Some of those sore loser take me to Aruba balls, I believe, are $10 a pop. Those are a little harder to let go of. But, yeah, usually I'm just like, let's move on, especially if we're not playing for money, if it, we're not playing hardcore competition. We were hardcore competition. But all those reasons, dude, I'm not going to fret looking for a ball. But it's a romantic for me too, dude. It's all about that club not hitting the ball. I wanted to put a pillow underneath the ball into wherever I want to hit it. If you don't treat golf like a romantic game, you shouldn't be out there playing it. Because it is. It's not a muscle. It's not football. No, it's, it's not. not baseball. Guys, every baseball player, including me, aren't going to be good at golf. I'm telling you right now. Because it is romantic. It is a romantic swing. You just got to put that into your head, and that's how you start getting good at golf. You got you to gotta caress that club. You got to have soft hands. It's like fondling breasts. You don't want to just... Rah! Just like freaking rip them off. You got to be gentle with them. Start bleeding. And you just kind of take that club. And the harder you swing, the worse it's going to be. Just suckle at them. You just got to be a nice, easy swing. Boom. The anger, the testosterone, the raw, boom, super swing. It doesn't work. And the best advice I got, random dude in Gatlinburg, he said, you swing as if the ball isn't there. And your club just happens to make contact with the ball. Oh. Interesting. That's deep. But, yeah, so we got done with the round of golf, and I was like, damn, I look 43 minutes home, and I drove home. Tell them the score. No, you t- I mean, you can check it out on the YouTube page. Sore loser. I don't know what our YouTube name is. 
Tough to call out. Is it? Yeah, I don't even know. It's like at sore losers show slash. Oh, okay, but yeah, it's, we did a YouTube. You can find it on our Instagrams. But lunch had twenty over. I 20 was forty six over. over. Yeah, Ray was forty six over, which wasn't bad. But there was progress. There was pro- it, it, Ray's drive. He started getting the driver out. He he started figuring it out towards the end. And I will say, Ray was plus forty six. It could have been much worse. If you didn't do yourself max triple bogey. We might have been looking at uh, something worse. But, but that's I'm, why you got to get in and get right, out. Right, right. That's why you do max three. It's beautiful because you hit a couple bad shots plus three. You don't really necessarily have to finish the hole is what what I love about it. Yeah. If you are gonna, if you drop, if you do a bad drive, you're already on three, and then you do a bad shot, you're on five. There you go. There's your plus three. So it's easy to figure out in your head. Yeah. So that was a great day in the links. It was good to go out with Ray on the links, Pitts, and Sailor. Great time. Not so great time happened to me on the soccer field. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm Ray, I want to know if I am wrong. Maybe I just don't understand. Maybe I misinterpreted something. But I want your opinion right after this. this. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we had an intense game of soccer. Mbappe. No, not Mbappe. Messi wasn't there. Nobody was there. Uh, Pulisic wasn't there. It was just co-ed, rec soccer. Who's a quick kid for us? Uh, Honey Mukhtar. Mukhtar. Yeah. It, it was it, it was a good game. We were playing the first place team. They hadn't lost all season. They're undefeated. They've been smoking fools. Cooking them. Cooking them. And we're in, a tense, in an intense game. They, they take the lead 2-0. We come back 2-1. They take the lead 3-1. Then they're three to two. Then they're four to two, and we get it to four to three. And there's like five, six minutes left, right? And it's getting pretty intense. Eighty fourth minute. Uh, more like forty um, fourth minute because we only play fifty minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. And it's getting pretty heated. Girls are getting a little chippy. Hey, don't touch my tip. And we tie it up four four. So now it's all hands on deck. We're trying to get that win. We're trying to pull the upset. What did you say, overtime or we're still in regulation? Still in regulation. There is no overtime. You just tie, and you go home, shake hands, get a tie <laughs> this, in your record. This league just got worse. Continue. No, it didn't get worse. It got awesome. Uh, we tied. It was a great game. And so this girl has the ball, and I come up, and she tries to kick it, and I block it, and it goes out of bounds. And it kind of rolls away, and I run over to get it, and she goes, uh, that's our ball, babe. Oh, she got you with the babe. And I said, uh, no, it's not. I said, it's called. I was just getting it for you. I was trying to be like, be nice. I I don't know why you got to, why you have to be condescending. I mean, geez, heaven forbid I get the ball. And some girl on her team goes, no, no, no. She said, thank you. I said, no, no, no. She said, babe. She was being, I said, she was being condescending. You don't say babe. That do, that doesn't mean thank you. Right. It doesn't mean thank you at all. So I'm pissed, right? I am like. Because then they tried to play you dumb. You didn't hear Right, that said. I didn't hear that. And she's like, no, no, no. She said thank you. She said thank you. No, I said, no, she said babe. Like I'm some little child that she's talking to on the soccer field. Like, oh, babe, like you didn't know. No, I'm trying to get the ball because I want as much time on the clock because I want to win the freaking game. I don't want you to walk over to pick up the ball. I am running over. I know it's your ball. But the 20 seconds I save from you walking and taking your time is time I have a chance to score a goal and win the freaking game. I get it now. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to do it. I'm just getting it like, all right, hurry, here you go. Let's play. Let's play. Because they were feeling the heat. They were feeling the pressure. Undefeated season on the line. Oh. Time to eat. Um, it's our ball, babe. babe. And I'm just like, who the? And so it gets. I mean, the last four minutes are heated. Come here, I'll ch- hit you. And then the this boom. dude, hey, this dude freaking cleats me right here. I got a cleat mark all down my leg. I'm like, mother. And he goes, all ball. And I, I show him the mark. I'm, I said, what part of the ball is that? These games are getting ugly. I might need to come to one, dude. It was intense. If there's anything like this, I'm coming. It was so good. 
And so we end up tying 4-4, right? I know. We hit the post 20 seconds ago. Robin, rip. Ding off the post. No! Could have had it. Could have had it. And so we're shaking hands. Good game, good game. And the girl comes up to me and is like, oh, I'm sorry if you took that, you know, me calling you babe offensively. She goes, here in the South, that means thank you. Southern nice. I said, interesting. What is she, a lawyer? Very good angle she I said, no, it doesn't. I said, if I would have said, oh, it's your ball, babe, you would have been like, oh, okay, cool. No, that you would have been like, why are you calling me babe? Don't be condescending. I said, I'm not, I was, I, I lived in Texas and here, guess what? No one has ever said babe as thank you. You're getting in a fight with a chick. The old you would have been fogging up mirrors. Now you're no, no, getting but, but tell me of the name but Babe. Does Babe, Ray, has your wife ever said Babe as thank you? Babe is 99% of the time the way in those type of scenarios, it's condescending. It's condescending. 1% you're of the time. You're being a bitch. That there, is what you're being. You are being a bitch. There is way a way of her to have said it, and that would have been, thank, thanks, Babe. But it's so hard in the, but in the you, battle thank, thanks, to say it's sweet. Thanks would have been okay. But she didn't even say thanks. She goes, um, it's our ball, babe. Like, hey, dumbass, it's our ball. What the f- do you think you're doing? Okay. It's not your ball. That sentence then, 99.9, it is only condescending unless she said it perfect. It's, it's our ball, actually, babe. I mean, it's so hard to say it not condescending. So she meant it condescending. She meant it condescending, yes. and then I called her out on it, and then her teammate, then this, that's what even pissed me off more is the other girl going, she said thank you. No, she, don't don't act like I'm stupid. So and it's I you versus two chicks now? You don't act like I didn't hear what she said. I know she said, babe. Right, but in their world, they can bulldoze over people probably. You're not, they're not as quick as you. Right, and this old man is not going to take it. You're talking about yourself? Yes. Okay. The oldest person out there, like, who the f- do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, babe, uh, get the f- out of here. I was Don't so- tread on me, babe. No, it's not even that. I just couldn't believe that they said, um, it's our ball, babe. But I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy in saying that she was being a condescending bitch. Well, I mean, now, dude, the lady at the checkout, when she goes, do you need paper or plastic, babe? I'm going to be like, what the- who the fuck are you talking like that to? Okay. No, that's... <laughs> Coach, now you got me double thinking it. Nope. Is she being condescending to me? Nope. Do you need help carrying that out, babe? No, I nope. don't know. Do I? Or are you going to talk more condescending to me? No. Different. <laughs> and don't worry. They won't ask you if they need help out, if you need help out. And it's not it, a competitive soccer game. Exactly. And you know what? Because there ain't no one there to help you out. You're bagging your own damn groceries. You're checking your own damn groceries. Because on my way home from the soccer game, Ray, after I got called babe, um, that's our ball, babe. A homeless guy called me shoddy. No. <laughs> I have to stop by the grocery store because the kids need something for breakfast. Another grocery store story. Because we've been in Chattanooga hey, all last this, weekend. Can we do a one, two, three grocery store story? Yeah. One, one, it's tough to say, though. Just warning you. No, it's not. One, two, two three. three. Grocery store story. So I stop at the grocery store. And it is 9.05 p.m., Ray. We're they doing close a segment. We're doing a segment. They close at 10. This wasn't even on the damn menu, and you're making me go there. It's a segment. And I stop at the grocery store, and I walk in, and I got to get some stuff for breakfast. So I got to get milk, yogurt, berries, bananas, a couple other things. So I go to get a cart. Bailey's. I go to get a cart. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, let me try that again. Uh! Okay, let me go to this rack. Uh! Nope. I already know. They're all locked up for the night. Ding, 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 Ray! Why are they locked before the store closes? Hello! You are still <laughs> open. I need to do some grocery shopping. I can't use a damn basket. That's the high schoolers trying to get out early. I can't use a cart. So you put the little whatever lock system that you have so I can't even get a cart? <laughs> I am so pissed. So pissed. And you can't carry that crap. You're so, going to dump one of them. So then I got to get one of those little baskets, just the little hand baskets. And finally, what I started doing is I just stacked it. I put it in the middle of the store, and I'd walk to get my <laughs> item. Dude, you were on one. You were absolutely on one. Yes, because I just got a cleat, <laughs> a cleat down the front of my freaking leg. <laughs> I got, uh, that's our ball, babe. And now I can't even use a damn Court. And you're doing like supermarket sweep though, but with yogurt and milk. Yeah, so I'm walking over here, walking over there. Oh, gotta get spinach, gotta get bananas, gotta get raspberries. So I'm moving place to place, getting it, and so I'm just setting it, walking, setting it. People are walking like, what the hell is this basket in the middle of a freaking store? There's a little pile of groceries. A little pile of groceries <laughs> right by the frozen food section. <laughs> right by the frozen pizzas. I got my shit just stacked. <laughs> if I'm in that grocery store, I'm going to be like, hey, buddy, let's get your shit out of my way. I mean, I was worried. I shouldn't have been worried because let me be honest, there ain't no damn workers there. That I was going to come back and some worker was going to be like, oh, some idiot left their grocery and started putting them back. <laughs> but luckily that didn't damn happen because no one there does their damn job. No. So I go to check out, Ray. There are eight cash registers. How many of them are open for you to check out, Ray? Well, four of them are AI, so I don't know. I'm guessing three, I'd at least close to half. Zero, Ray. There's only three self-checkouts available. Come on down. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll go to the self-checkout. And at one point, I'm like, it says, oh, do you need to call attendant? Well, don't worry, Ray. I needed an attendant 10 minutes ago. No. The attendant has the easiest job in the history of jobs. Yeah, he's finger banging her. Is she sitting there standing up, making sure everybody's getting checked out okay, making sure you're scanning all your items? No, Ray. She has pulled up a chair against the wall, <laughs> has her has her feet up in the chair next to her, and she is just FaceTiming the entire time. Are you comfy? I was kidding. I need help with my comfy diapers. I mean, she didn't look up and ask anybody if they need help. Have a good day. Oh, do you need an attendant? Do you need me to type in that produce code? So, no, nothing. You, she didn't even know damn people were checking out groceries. The I, audacity of the Gen Zers. I mean, she was just sitting there like this on FaceTime like, Oh, girl, you'll never believe what he did. Oh, my God. Like, hello. Talk about the easiest damn job in the world. I just did everything for you. Good morning, millennials. Morning. <sighs> then I go out to the parking lot, and I'm getting in the car, and the guy and clutch- a homeless guy's got a shiv up my ass. <laughs> the guy collecting carts looks at me and goes, "Hey, man, you know your gas cap's open." I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> he was like. I, I was going to close it, but I didn't want you to think I was messing with your car. I'm like, well, you messed with the cars and put them on lockdown, so you might as well mess with my damn car, babe. Uh, 
Oh, my tank's down, huh? The guy goes, hey, man, uh, freeze. Oh, what? Are you going to shoot me? No, I was asking you, are you freezing out here? <laughs> and the walking out, he goes, actually, um, that's my cart, babe. <laughs> uh, sorry, man, I don't get your reference. I'm just a millennial. What is this babe reference? Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk baseball. Oh, and, and that Adrian. was grocery oh, store. Oh, oh, oh. That, that was... was uh, one, two, one, two, three. Grocery store stories. We'll be right back. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. A calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dude. Ray, this one's been shot out of a cannon, maybe our best. My question for you is, do you do you feel bad for athletes sometimes? No. Never? 
No, just because of the pedestal the society has put them on, which is fine. I, eventually, it's going to be like streamers are the big things, and the athletes aren't even the biggest. But for from our childhood till right now, athletes have been the biggest thing. Now Kim Kardashian, and she's snuck onto the scene a little bit. I mean, Adrian Peterson, dude, is selling all his stuff. Really? It's that bad? I mean, dude was playing on Sundays, and I was rooting for him to get under 89 yards 10 years ago. You can bid on everything he owns. You can buy a chair. You can buy posters. You can buy his trophies. Dude made $127 million, something like that, and he is selling. He's having an estate sale because he needs money. One of my fondest Adrian Peterson stories is from 2014. I'm great with years and places in my life that I was. God, that's so sad. Me and Bazer just started dating. We were at Broadway Brew House. It was on a Sunday. It was when I would used to drink like three beers on a Sunday. Now I can't even drink on a Thursday because I'm sick. Hey, you can buy his Rookie of the Year trophy right there, man. That is actually terribly sad. But it was a Sunday, and I was rooting for Adrian Peterson under 89 yards. We had all the TVs going. The sound is going. I'm just getting to know Bazer. And he wasn't even close to it. He was in the 60s, 70s. It was a easy $100 that I won. And I said, gambling's great. My life's great. I'm drinking on a Sunday. Life is great. And it was all because of Adrian Peterson being under 89 yards that game. I just do not know. I mean, I, I think he has a lot of kids. Well, we know. I mean, wasn't that the story where he hit one of them with a switch? Yeah, but he was just playing like two years ago. He made $127 million, dude. That doesn't even add up. Maybe that stuff doesn't mean anything to him, or it really is he's trying to get it's a cash grab. But my question is, like, how long does this last? He's going to have to get a job at Walmart being a greeter. And that has all signs of uh, he might have got a little deep into the gambling. How else do you go through that much money? Child support, buying houses, buying cars. I don't know. He's selling all his pairs of shoes. If you want anything, Adrian Peterson, go ahead. And they said if you go by the estate sale to bring your own dolly. Like if you're going to his house to buy something. Will it be locked up? (laughs) Funny. Where's his estate at? Houston. If Uh, you live in Houston, I need some. Aaron Merrick, I know you listen to this pod. I need you to go buy something from Adrian Peterson's house, man. Is there anything in our range of affordability? Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's footballs for $10. I mean, you got to bid on it, but yeah. I, it would be nice at some point. I realize we never build for the future. If we did have semi our own studio and we could start getting memorabilia, that would be kind of a throw a couple hundred and do an AP thing and put it up on the wall. But this is claim bucks as well. So yeah, we would need, but we need something with Adrian Peterson. Like he's just selling like sports coats. I mean, we need something that says this is Adrian Peterson's. Like his rookie of the year trophy. Right now, it's only five hundred bucks. That's got to be in the thousands. It'll it, it'll go, go up. It'll go up. But I would. I mean, I would bid five hundred dollars on it just to have it. I mean, rookie of the year is that NFL or college? NFL. Like that's what I'm saying. He's selling everything. But that also shows you it's such it's materialistic, bro. You realize none of that stuff matters. None of it. None of it. You know our our award that we won, or we ever won one? Yeah, we won an award. Actually, uh, the Bobby Bone Show ones. We we got them kind in the house, and I was telling Bazer. I'm fine. If we don't have room decor-wise, get rid of them. Put them in a closet. And awards in a, actually one of one of the CMA ones looks pretty dope. Adrian Peterson Hall of Fame cleats for sale. 110 bucks. I just can't, I can't believe you lose 127 million dollars.
I mean, that's going to be us in a couple of years, dude. Estate sale, it's the microphones, <laughs> Arnold's mask. Our YouTube channel. Hey, our kick, our kick coverage. The password to our kick account. <laughs> hey, this pad of paper where I write down what time to put a commercial in. Oh shit! The life for the living. That book. <laughs> life is for the living by Grace Diaz. Your oh. Kansas players that you gave me. The five players I wrote down on a pad of paper. Oh, to Timberlake. <laughs> oh man. And then, I mean, I got the I got the text from my cousin yesterday because fantasy baseball is about to start. And he said, "Hey, any because I already have one team on my own." And then me and him co-manage a team in the Yahoo League. And he goes, "Any chance, Yahoo? Any chance you want to c- manage a team in the Yahoo League by yourself?" And I said, "Come again? You don't want me to be a co-manager?" And he said, "No, Boone is out, and so we need someone to take over his team." And I wanted to know if you're interested. And I said, no, I'm not rolling two fantasy baseball teams solo. He goes, I didn't think so. Then he said, also, it's time to start thinking about who our keepers are going to be. And here are our four players that we have. Bryce Harper, Corey Seager, Luis Robert, and Mike Trout. So our first two were keeping Bryce Harper and Corey Seager. What's with Seager? What's with Harper taking first baseballs? He's going to be a first baseman now, forever. But I don't. I need fantasy baseball experts. I need someone. Do we keep Robert or do we keep Trout? Robert White Sox. Yeah, badass. Dude, Trout's just such a name. Is he really getting hits and stuff anymore? Here's the problem. He's been so hurt the last few years that he's. He, he's really hampered us. And he's been protected by Atani, and Atani, I believe, is in a different team in L.A. Now. Yeah, he's on the uh, Dodges. Yeah. And so I am like, man, I texted him and I said, I hate to tell you, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm leaning towards kicking Trout to the curb. Just the injuries the last po- couple of seasons have rubbed me the wrong way. Will Trout ever be Trout again? Will a fish swim upstream? And there was no reply for 12 minutes. So then I texted him. I said, but when I put that in writing, deep down, I feel like we should ride or die with Trout. I can live with Trout sucking. Wait, what? You're going saying something else now. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I said, I don't know what to do. Your coaching is about as confusing as Mike Tomlin and wrapped up with Vrabel. So my question is, do we keep Trout or Robert? Robert. Or Robert. It's really, I think, I don't know how he's, but. Yeah, him. Uh, that's our fantasy baseball conundrum. Dude, the only time fantasy baseball was good was when I was in high school and there was a website the Sporting News put on called Small World. It was the most badass thing because fantasy just started. I was obsessed with it. Checked it every day. It's gone to Yahoo, ESPN, other sites, WooBox. Just gone downhill. But that's when I was obsessed with it. Small World, dude, my favorite morning. I'd wake up every morning, freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school, and type in smallworld.com, kid. Best. I don't even know if the site exists anymore. It was awesome. It probably doesn't. A lot of sites move on. And that's and so I, I need people to give their opinion. I need to know because when I'm sitting there on opening day and I have my fantasy baseball roster and I know who I'm cheering for, I'm cheering for the Cubs, and then I need to know, am I cheering for Trout or Robert? Robert, and I'm going to be sitting there drinking out of my dugout mug, and I'm going to be sitting there going, man, that's a sore loser's logo right there on the mug. 
And then I'm going to be like, man, if we end up like Adrian Peterson in 10 years, someone at our estate sale is going to get a discounted dugout mug right here out of our house. Dude, and I'm not having the first patio beer until it's me and my father-in-law. I'm saving that drink, and we're going to do it out of our dugout mugs. Will you drink out of the same one? So I need to borrow yours. Father-in-law needs to use that one. I'm going to use mine. Okay. So well, why, you could order him one. Oh, what was the code? Loser20. Oh. Loser20, dugoutmugs.com, opening day. Dude, I'm talking drinking out of a real baseball bat. Or, hey, you don't want to do drinks? You want to do shots? They got shot glasses. Dude, I could have used the dugout mug on the golf course. I was thirsty for five holes. Dude, we could have. Di- you could have dipped that sucker down in the stream. Been like, oh my god, I don't know if I'm gonna survive. Dude, what a great advertisement! What was I thinking? That's how you drink on the course. Wow. <laughs> oh man, that would have been it. But oh, you were, you were just, you wouldn't oh. even drink out of my water bottle. And I was actually, we there's de- the hangry is when you're hungry and angry. There's the hatred when you're dehydrated and you have hatred in your heart. Dude, I had to hatred for five holes. Yeah, so any Major League Baseball team fan, if you want to get them a gift for opening day, dugout mugs is the perfect gift. And uh, in five years, if you wait five years, you can probably get ours at our estate sale. Code loser20. Yeah, code loser20. Uh, yeah, and batter's box. I want to give you an update on batter's box. What up, everybody? It's batter's box. I have not talked to him since the Super Bowl. Sad, man. I keep The updates You were at first intriguing. They were funny a little. Now it's actually showing some sort of um, separation. Uh, I haven't talked to my brother in three years. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's just getting depressing, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. And I think he's depressed. I think he's depressed. (laughs) I mean. I'm making light of it, right? Oh, man. Sorry about your family. Let's see. Before what we, up, everybody? It's Batter's Box. Before we go home, let's see if he'll answer. He's not going to answer, dude. Hey, kid, I'm staying the night until the Niners win. Not going to happen. Hey, kid, code Willie Mays. Hey, kid, Tim Lincecum is going to win the MVP. Mark my words. No answer. Yep. Sad. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. Uh, have a good drive. I know now why you guys listen. All right. Damn, we, that was wild. That menu was good. Well, and you forgot the dessert. What? I said every episode we should conclude with at least one story from Vegas. Oh, man. I was, dude. I was so into podcasts. I was listening to old podcasts of ours, and we did a Vegas story. Phenomenal. I just think that needs to be integrated in some way, or at least right, right. once a week. I I don't think we have 365 Vegas stories. Good good point. Yeah. Maybe we need to go back. All right. Let's book a trip. Hey, would your wife go? Uh, she would. Um, she would, but we're moving still. She'll always, dude, she's more down than me. No, oh, my wife is ready. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.